Blog Talk Radio. Use the 
heaven What else in hell can you get an open line to heaven At 11-11, emerge at the other end Of those meditation portals And elevated walk tools Even some abort tools Any questions, comments or concerns Press one For everyone else Thanks for attending another session I'm pleased to teach but it's an honor to learn Certainly Courtesy of KTL University Oh please don't be frightened I'm terribly sorry about this You are Peace, 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 peace to you and yours, peace to you and yours. This is Nodeless Radio, and you are now rocking with the best. This is your host, Brother Blue Pill, very soon to be joined by my co-host, trying to figure out some technical difficulties on my end. I'm at this event, and I'm trying to host everything on my phone, my, i.e. my computer, my handheld computer. So please bear with me, family. Um, trying to master the merging of being on the phone and switching to the studio and the interface and the screens and all of that stuff. So very shortly, I'm going to get it all together, get the brother on the call so we can, you know, continue the show. All right. Shout out to the family. Shout out to everyone who has joined us. Tonight for another special presentation, another monumental episode. Okay, uh, I ask that you please give me a few minutes while I try my best to figure this thing out. Give me one second, y'all. I got to click out and um, click back onto another screen. Give me about two or three minutes, please, family. Peace, family. Phone got clipped. I need one more second. Let me bring him in. Peace, Brother Red. Are you with us? Yes, sir. Peace to the family. Peace to the family. Uh-huh. Welcome to Know the Ledge Radio. You are now rocking with the best. This is your co-host, Brother Red Pill. Peace, uh-huh. love, and light to the fam. What's going on? Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. We are back in the building. Like I said, um, family, we are trying to deal with some things technically on our end to get the show flowing fluently. 
all right, we're utilizing these handheld computers, and we are learning this stuff in real time, you know, part of us for the learning curve. Yes. Hello? Yes. Yeah. How's that event where you're at, man? I read your post on Facebook. Congratulations to uh, your success that you're, um, you know, encountering at at the event. Do you want to briefly just let the family know your experiences? Never let us. Um, Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, you know. I'm here at this event in Los Angeles, California, at the Radisson Hotel near the LAX. Shout out to anybody that's on the West Coast that can hear this. You need to Google um, this event. The name of this event is uh, Alchemy 2013, okay? Alchemy 2013 is a major event. Again, family, like we said, on many occasions before, the consciousness knows no color line because there are many people around the world that attribute this particular label to their quote-unquote community. All right, so I'm at an event with people part of another community that, that touts themselves as the conscious community. And the conversations that they're having here are very familiar to the conversations that we hear right here on KTL Radio many a week. You know what I mean? It's just being delivered from a different perspective and a different persuasion. With a different intensity, though, you know what I'm saying, and a different level of participation from the patrons that are coming to support their set speakers, they're breaking bread. Okay. So they definitely showing the, you know, they definitely showing love. You know, um, they've never seen anything like what I have to offer. They've never seen anyone like me. So this is very interesting. It's broadening my horizons, broadening my contact base, and ultimately, like all things, we bring it back to the family. So it's gonna broaden the KTL experience as well, because we're going to be bringing some um, uh, diversified perspectives on where this thing is going. Uh, I don't know, you know, if the family's not on blog or, no, or Facebook, they probably haven't seen my post. They don't know what you're talking about. Uh, I utilize this event to launch a, a, a few new products. You know what I'm saying? Um, I got the Moringa out. You know, I selling like hotcakes. That is going to be available for an affiliate program in the very, very near future. For the family that I had promised that I was going to drop the the, the jury, the the, the, the um, power pieces website, that obviously is not going to happen this week because I got pulled into this event. You know what I'm saying? And I'm only one person operating like ten companies, so you know that that that's going to have to get pushed off. And plus, they buying me out at this event. So I'm going to have to reappoint some pieces. But the site will definitely be up next week. The Moringa site will be up as well very shortly. Um, I debuted some new water, you know, opportunity to do that at this particular event. 
Um, I'm learning amazing things about water because there's other water companies. There's people that's upstairs up in here, you know what I'm saying? And I'm sorry if that offends anybody. Not at all. You know what I'm saying? Because because people like all things, you feel me, They, they have this reverse feeling of superiority, and they feel like because they know something, they own it, even though they're not activating it. Talk about it, okay? So just because you heard Double Glass say it or <laughs> Phil Valentine, shout out to Valentine's, you know what I'm saying? It, it doesn't necessarily mean that anybody particularly owes, owns this information. And what I'm noticing, especially being in California, and I've spoken about this on many occasions, is that in California there's a whole different hue on consciousness, but it's hard to knock their hustle because they are they about that life. They bout mm-hmm. that life. They live in this. And you see the fruits of it in terms of the abundance. You see the splendor and all of the things that come along with it. You see the loyal following. There's no gossiping going on in the room. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? No backbiting. Ain't nobody hitting on nobody's woman and everything. You know? Yes. No huh? They don't got no debate schedule for it. They ain't got no debate schedule. There's no lectures going on in the back of the room with the lectures going on in the front. You know what I'm saying? The hallway process. Yeah. It's it's, it's nobody at the door checking bank statements for you to get in, you know what I'm saying, before you get up and and make the comment. You know what I'm saying? It's nobody jumping up to my business. Get out of my pocket. Yeah, ain't none of that. There's none of that craziness going on. You know what I'm saying? But, again, we're supposed to be amongst the lowly beasts of mankind and what have you. Leviathan. But the conversation that's taking place is very coherent. Like, I can finally understand something. Like, I heard conversations that were taking place in here that have taken place in our community, and for the first time, I overstood them because the shit was delivered minus ego, no cut involved. You know what I'm saying? It was clean. Like, it was like a glass of water. I could throw it back. It ain't have... um. Uh, 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 crystal light in it and shit like <laughs> you know and it had the um, the, 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 the Kool-Aid balls they got the new joints you drop the Kool-Aid balls in the water and it turns Kool-Aid they ain't had none of that it was just eh. so right, no I'm not going to get into I'm not you know don't mistake this for hating family you know what I'm saying I'm just kind of frustrated again that Week after week, there's event after event. I'm always at these joints by myself. No one has stepped up yet to be like, damn, can I volunteer? Do you need help? Or shit, do you even have an extra pass to get in? You know, they just don't even want to participate. They just want to spectate. I'm going to keep rolling out companies and keep rolling out products, and I'm not trying to stun on nobody. You know, I, 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 I can, I would appreciate some sort of help and assistance. Because we could do so much more with 10, 12, or 15 of us. You feel me? Always say I don't want to hear that. I don't want to oh. hear nothing about no shutdown. Because they shut down and I opened up shop. Or, and I, I, I got 10 more products to bring out. You feel me? But I'm not going to be the one doing this all by myself. You feel me? And And, and just being so humble about it. At this point, I don't have a choice. I got to do what I got to do. 
and I'm utilizing these opportunities. I'm not missing no new moon energy because I want to soak. You know what I mean? I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to activate this. All right? And I'm going to inform everybody the, the harvest moon has harvest. Okay? I don't know what you on or what your reality is, but there's no one holding you back at this point. This thing is wide open. All right? For the light workers and the people that have been on the past and been on this mission, they can attest things that you have been working on all your life is finally opening up. The breakthrough is here. So take full advantage of it. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, so I, you know, I'm at this event, you know what I mean? And and the boy Jordan Maxwell rose up in there. So automatically I had already forged a healthy relationship with the person that was responsible for bringing him because I sold them some products and we had a conversation and, you know, I didn't know that that was the connect or the link. It was a genuine, you know what I'm saying, connection that was made. So this person went out of their way to make the introduction first. I'm the first person they brought him to. And he knew what KTI was. <laughs> Yeah, thank yeah. I mean, please you believe. It. You understand me? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the brand is global. So you know, I, I'm I'm not gonna yeah. I ain't gonna put all the information and the business out there, but you know, sounds putting we put something in the works. You understand me? And that's gonna be monumental. That's going to be monumental. You know? Well, I, I guess that's what full circle, you know, that may be a case of coming full circle because he was one of the first uh, infopreneurs or information um, disseminators that we did come across in our early days of conscious um you know, on the conscious journey, rather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 William Cooper, Ike, and a few others. Yo, yeah. And I just seen a masterful, masterful demonstration by the Shaolin Temple, B. A word? Yeah, I might be a late bloomer to this thing, man. But, you know, since I was, like, six years old, I wanted to move and just go to the Shaolin Temple and, and just lodge that, up that for a second. Yeah, yeah man. I don't have to do that now. They got a Shaolin Temple here in Los Angeles, and I'm enrolling, see? I don't give, you know, I'm 19. Shit. I'm not too old for nothing. 18 again. I'm living this thing out. I'm not missing my opportunities, you know? So I stopped the seafood, and I asked him some questions. He made me demonstrate some things right on the spot stand. And he was like, you ready? Let's go. So I'm going to be following up and, and, and going to that. Shout out to my brother L, my son. You know what I'm saying? He definitely keeps that flame lit. Yeah, you know? Dr. Zulu. Yeah, Dr. Chaka Zulu. Brother, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, even brother our brother Tafi. Sharif. No brother Brother is Sharif who came on I know, the show. yeah. It's like every Sharif I know is into Kung Fu or martial arts yeah. to some extent. 
You know what I'm saying? Then I met another elder here, a brother, okay? I met, you know, because California and L.A., you'll find dudes that, like, come right out of the comic books or the movies, people that are totally stuck in town. Like, <laughs> this is what this is good for, you know what I'm saying? You'll find something that's totally stuck out of town. So, homie was like, a, um, like Jim Kelly from, from, from back when he was, you know what I'm saying, duking it out with in the Bruce Lee flicks. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, but, he, you know, the age, so he's like an old-timer. But the science and the information that he was putting me up on about how to utilize walking staffs and um, channel your chi into them, where they could be uh, uh, trans-dimensional firing weapons, yo. And then the the people that they have here with the stones? Stone game, crazy. What? What? Putting the call out. Like, if I had more time, you know, I'd have called up Ross, Ben, and everybody, but I I, I got three days here, so I'm I'm going to be contacting people and sending specific pictures and be like, look, wire that bread to PayPal, and I'll go shopping for you. They got water tourmaline for those that's out there. They'll be hitting me up, asking me about water tourmaline. They got water tourmaline. They they got the the highest grade of water tourmaline. This stuff is popping for like thirty five dollars a gram. You know what I'm saying? It's more it's more than yay. Yeah, like it's, it's crazy. The stone game crazy. You feel me? Super duper exclusive stones like and because they don't have that vision for it, it's just stones to them. But I'm like, yo, these are pieces. Mm-hmm. I got the whole next line that just retarded like crazy, crazy. Feel me? So I'm excited about that, the contacts that I'm making. My people, man, relationships are genuine on this planet. Energy is energy. You know what I'm saying? And I've had this conversation many a times, and I've explained to the family that light is light, and that's who you are. Everything that's animated on this planet has a spark of light in it, okay? That's where you should start from. You shouldn't start backwards. You should start from that spark. And don't let nobody's funky ways or the fact that they bought into an illusion and they think that this person and they're not that person, don't let that misguide you. Deal with the spark first, okay? Don't let no one take you out of your thing. Mm-hmm. See the spark in people first, then deal with them. Everybody got a spark, and we are all connected based on that light, based on that spark. There's nothing on this planet that is missing that light. There's there's people that have uh, very murkiness, you know, it's a lot of murkiness around the light. There's a lot of fog around the light, but there's nothing animated on this plane from a brick to a person that don't have that spark. Acknowledge the spark in all things, and it will open up portals, gates, and doors to you. So I'm sharing, you know, I'm having conversations and stuff, and I'm just seeing that there's connectivity between me and said persons you feel me? That if I was following somebody else's direction, I wouldn't have no conversations with them. They're like, oh, y'all don't got nothing in common. Y'all ain't supposed to be speaking. That's hogwash. I don't live in the box, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, 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 it's just, like I said, it's a very interesting eye-opening event. I invite the family down. If there's any KTL family that are hearing this at the sound of my voice and want to come here as a guest, the first two people to inbox me 
either on Facebook or to email me, pmorpheus at gmail.com. I will bring you in as a guest, okay? It's a hefty ticket. I'm going to bring you in for free as a guest, as a KTL family member. Holler at me if you want to come to this. It's a three-day event, Radisson Hotel at LAX, okay? You can Google it. It is called um, Alchemy. 2013, and I'm an alchemist. Okay? Yeah. It's what I do. I was just having this conversation. Turning yeah. base metal to go. It's what yeah. I do. Um, you see my yeah. table? Yeah, table is crazy. It's what I do. Yeah, I was, I was making a call out for the alchemists as well, you know. Those of us out there that are, you know what I'm saying, they have that uh that um that merchant blood, you know, that, that illustrious, industrious DNA. You know, um you just have to we, we really have to realize, like we spoke about it on Tuesday's show, that um the information just by itself, you know what I mean, all all throughout the week ever since that show, I've been um you know, the great divine has been speaking through signs. One of the um, most eye-opening articles that I ran across was an article in Bloomberg. Uh, The mayor has a newspaper family called Bloomberg. For all the um, everybody that deals with stocks and business and things, you'll be familiar with the Bloomberg report. And what it said was the job market in New York City was on the rise for 2012. And with it, Pointed out was the fact that the uh, the tech sector, yes, there was yes. there was um, uh, there was um, an investment in the tech sector that took place in New York City over the years, and Michael Bloomberg put a few billion dollars into STEM, which is science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Yeah, and they were trying to turn New York into a tech hub. They were no, trying they to make it into the, uh, the Silicon Valley of the, of the East, yeah. No, they, they, they didn't try, brother. They succeeded. And the job, the actual job, the numbers of the jobs show that the growth of the tech sector in New York six, over over six, over exceeded that of Silicon Valley, thereby, oh. thereby, you know, officially christening New York City as the new tech hub of, the America, right? Oh. And all of those young hippies that you see that have been taking over Brooklyn, that whole Brooklyn boom is a result of this tech boom that's taking place in Lower Manhattan right. and in other places in Brooklyn. So getting back to the point that Hello. we are alchemists and we are we are, we should, you know, realize what we have amongst us or around us takes me to the fact that you know, those of us who are dealing with any form of information, it matters not what kind of information you are dealing with, whether it's your culture, whether it's any kind of information that you could take in, whether it's the Kabbalah, metaphysics, occultism, more science, um, you know, even if you're on your your, your uh, history, you know what I'm saying, Sumerian, Kemetic, uh, you know, whatever it may be. Anything you you know I'm I'm good with this. You could point it out, and I could show you where the you know I could show you 
where the gold is at. You know what I'm saying? Any subject that you could think of, the plethora of DVDs and lectures and books and pamphlets, everything that's out there on these people, on, on the brothers and sisters' tables and on their sites and stuff like that, all of that family is base metal. Okay? All of it is base metal, you know, for 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 the for the people that are familiar with narcotics, all of that is a point nine. Okay? It's a concentrated version of, you know, raw information. Raw, raw information. Case in point, the creators of Dragon Ball Z, they obviously came across a, uh, um, a nice amount of raw information and they spun it into gold. They created characters and they created storylines and things of that nature. And they named it Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, creators of week I've been I've been hearing that analogy. You know how late that I feel that I've never I can't even stand here and say <laughs> you know, I seen all episode of Dragon Ball Z. I mean, me either. I've watched, I've That's seen it, it, but I've never watched a whole episode like that, like that. You know, I mean, it's just a different era. We're Voltron. You know, we're like oh, Voltron. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? All the way. He Man, things like that. You know, but Thundercats. You know, but anyway, the creators of the cartoon series Avatar obviously came across this base metal and they incorporated it into their um, cartoon series or their animation and they actually turned that into gold. So what I'm saying in short is that anytime anybody comes to try to discredit what the great teachers, the master teachers, the collections, the libraries that exist out there, if you find yourself on the pessimistic side of the rope, complaining that the information has never done anything for you, then, you know, you may have to reevaluate your status as an alchemist because if you live inside of a technological boom, if you live inside of the age of Aquarius, the age of creation, the age of technology, where what? All of the tools of creation, okay, we're not talking about the, the new Mason's uh, building tools are found online. They are, once again, Adobe Illustrator, Adobe Photoshop, um, Photo Pro Tools, um, you name it. We could give, I could give you a laundry list, Corel Draw, um, Final Cut Express, uh, Adobe Premiere, Adobe After Effects. Like, all of these are tools that can build worlds and build realities and build apps and build a dream weaver, you know. I mean, we could get into this, but we don't have time. But I'm just sharing with the family that those of us that are crafty, the alchemists amongst us who know how to spin base metal into I'm not going to give up the game too much. I'm going to just, you know, that's not our job at the end of the day because we do make a lot of calls out to the family and we get some responses, you know, some that I'm very pleased with. Shout out to all of the, uh, you know, the people on the team that have been getting back to us and responding to the information. And, you know, and um, I, I definitely feel like we, uh, we're we going to make some humongous things happen in the very near future. But, um, you know, this information is to empower and it's, it's out here to help. We won't you know, restrict anybody from receiving it. If you reach out and you want to know more, if you want to be a part of these um, classes that we'll be doing online, 
you know, just just stay tuned. You know what I'm saying? Keep in touch. You know, if even if you miss a show, send us your email on the um on the uh, Facebook on the Nodalesh TV, and we'll keep everybody in the database. So when we do send this information out, everyone is going to be able to benefit because family, your children, the little ones, the indigos and the crystals, the young geniuses that were born in the digital age versus some of us who were born in the analog age, they will be the ones that will take this information about coding and building, you know what I mean, and utilizing all of this new language, these new languages that are, in my humble opinion, you know, this is a this is your alien language. This is your Medunetter of the two that of the twenty first century and things of that nature. They'll get you off the project. They're gonna be the ones that's gonna they're gonna they're gonna make the six digit figures um in their teenage years. You know what I mean? I can't even tell you what they'll be making as adults. But they could they could pull in six, seven figures if you start teaching them right now. You know what I mean? So we got some things that'll work because i 'cause I'm not gonna live I'm not gonna domicile I'm not even going to spend any kind of time in New York City, which is a tech sector and a boom sector, and not tap into that. Like you, I'm I'm a, I'm going to be at conventions like where you at right now, Blue. I'm not going to miss the bus, standing around complaining, you know, and and doing other things that's counterproductive. You know, we have to take full advantage, full advantage of what's in front of us. Okay. So that was just something. I'm sure that we'll get into some of the conversation with our lovely guest tonight when we talk about homeschooling because we're going to create a curriculum first and foremost because it's going to be like pulling teeth to get into high schools and, and, and um, junior high schools and charter schools and things of that nature. But I'm sure that where we will meet the least resistance is in the homeschooling sector. So if we approach the homeschoolers, with um, some of the 101s all the way up to the 110s and whatnot, dealing with code writing, um, understanding the basics, the languages, you know, website development, website design, and all of these other things, then I'll say in about five years we'll have ourselves an army of um, geniuses and competitors that could go up against or they could do business. Not This is not about competition. They could do business and they can align themselves with some of these um, whiz kids coming out of Africa, Asia, India, you know, and even in America. You know, they are really, these, I'm telling you, every day on Facebook I see a new post about a preteen that's breaking records, that's doing things that blows me away. 10 years old. They got an 11-year-old in TSU, Texas Southern University. I think it's a Christian school. The young man graduated high school at 5 years old. No. Yeah, I think it's, 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 you know, it's crazy. I think it's either 7 or 5, but at 5, he, he, he had a milestone. And at 11 right now, you could even Google it. This is a whiz kid. It's a young brother, black Aboriginal or whatever you want to call it, you know, melanated um, genius, you know, and his parents are responsible for doing that. We have a nine-year-old sister who is doing monumental things. She's on her way to college. So it seems as if Autumn Ashanti is in it, you know, she's not by herself. She actually opened up these gates. She's that, you know, she may be the Neo, but um, these crystals... These indigos, you know, these star seeds, they something special. 
Shout out to uh, my daughter, Wisdom Bella. It was her one month birthday yesterday, you know, so she's definitely um, getting ready to make humongous moves in this world. But um, let us go ahead and get ready for our guest tonight. Okay, family, I'm going to read the description, and then I'm going to go to the phone lines to bring our guest in. All right? Give me one second. Hello, you there? Yes, indeed. Right here. Yeah. If the guest guest is in a call queue, do me a favor and press 1. Sister Pam, uh, press the number 1 on your phone and we'll see your hand up. Excuse me. All right, I see the hand up. Let me get to the description. All right, family. Join us tonight on Nodalege Radio as we introduce you to the CEO of Sadie's Baby, Sister Pamela Nobles. She will be discussing the meticulous process of balancing entrepreneurship, natural parenting, and cultivating lasting relationships with your children through positive images and culturally enriched learning practices. Be sure to have your pads and pens on deck because class is definitely in session. So without any further ado, I want to go to the caller for the 404. Hold on one second. Peace, peace. Four, 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 nine, two. Peace, peace. Hey. Can y'all hear me? Hey. Can y'all hear me? Hey. That sounds like a familiar voice. Peace, brother. Sounds like a voice. What is the deal? What is the deal? Hey, so how are you, man? Doing well, doing hell down here in ATL. Is this KT the arts degree? This is the art degree. degree. Yeah, man. You know, Scorpio's got to go down in their caves every now and then, man. Go down in the doo-wop. So good good to hear your voice, brother. I mean, it really is. You as well. Let me take this opportunity to say I I love you, man. I miss you. I love you and I miss you, bruh. Okay. Take this opportunity to say congratulations on your the birth of your daughter. Yes, yes, yes. Got, it. Yeah, got, got another, another one. Niece. Yeah, they call they call me the new Huxtable. 
Yes. Honest to you. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. I'm not sure who I'm talking with. Thank you. <laughs> if it's well, it is just you. Smoke, yeah. It's smoke 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 yeah. us on the phone right now. You know, oh, hey. We, uh, <laughs> we're surrounding you with some red and blue love. And uh, blue is at a yeah, blue is at a convention in L.A. right now, and I'm out here in New York. So he's gonna mute his phone in a little while, but he just wanted to okay. greet you. Dean. Okay. But um, while we're here, I want you to um briefly introduce yourself to everybody. I mean, KT did a beautiful job, a beautiful heartwarming introduction for you. But if you want to, you could just um, give the family a brief intro into you and what it is that you do. Okay. Um, well, I'm sure he told you my name. I'm Pamela. Um, I am pretty much a work-at-home, stay-at-home mom, mompreneur, housewife, whatever title you want to you wanna, uh, say. I'm proud of all those titles. Um, and I basically started... Um, my home base, my first daughter was born. Um, and it's basically focused on uh, cloth diapers, training pants. Um, as far as the women are concerned, I do offer cloth menstrual pads, um, as well as a plethora of mommy and baby products. And I also have my, my dolls. They're called them digi-dolls that I started. Um, and so it basically started off with... Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just, I was just uh, responding to that. Okay. It basically started off just as something that I was going to do for myself, but um, my girlfriends were incredibly excited about it. So it's pretty much expanded into this business, really, <laughs> where I'm, you know, um, sitting at my sewing machine pretty much every day kicking out orders, and I'm very appreciative for that. Um. And, of course, my husband, he's been so influential and beneficial in pushing me to get myself out there. Um, and so it, been, it sort of started, uh, how do you say, trickling over into a blog. So now I have this blog where I uh, talk about pretty much my life, where I um, talk about my crafting life, my vegan, vegetarian-style life, as well as my uh, part-time fitness habits. So. Wow. That's the Beautiful basis of it all. Your blog, yeah, <laughs> I, I did want to say that your blog is very well put together, very inspiring. I'm, um, you know, I'm a, a blogaholic. So I love to oh, see, cool. you know, yeah, I love to see well put together blogs that are very attractive. The artist in me always gets excited. So oh, definitely, well, uh, kudos on that one right there. Oh, many And, um... Do you have advice? Because I'm sure that the first question is that uh, at at home a mompreneur or uh, even a father, at home father who may be um, mm-hmm. thinking about venturing forth and um, you know doing something um, based off of their talents and skills, you know, but they may not know who to talk to, or you know they may need a little bit of um, advice or consultation. So do you have, you know, because I'm sure we all experience the jitters, and um, like you said, you needed, you got that push, you know what I'm saying? So what were some of the obstacles that were basically in the way 
rather, what were some of the um, deterrents that you faced before you created your, um, before you decided that you wanted to, you know, take everything and um, do it independently? You know, it's so funny. Every interview, this is my fourth interview that I've had since the creation of my business, Born Public. Every single person asks me that question. And oh. <laughs> the answer is, is is usually different every single time. But um, basically, the advice would be just to do it. I mean, you, the only the only thing that's in the way, the only deterrent that was, that was there was myself because I, I kept going through my head like, Oh, what if no one likes it? What if something's already out there that's like that? You know, you know, basically putting myself in my own way. And so yeah. the the advice would be just step aside, let your brain marinate on the fact that you have this ability to do what you do, and present it to the world. The only thing that you can face is either acceptance or rejection. And you only, you know, being who we are, you focus on the positive. You don't think about the negative. If the negative happens. You, you take it in stride. However, there's nothing greater than what you can offer. Um, and so that's that's how and that's that's how the the business is, is called what it's called. It's called Sadie's Babies. Um, Sadie is um, was my grandmother, and um, she passed in when I was in my freshman year of college, Howard University. <laughs> I'm very proud of my HU status. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and she, you know, she told me, she's like, you could do anything. You know, don't don't stand in your way, stand in your way. Reach for the stars. Once you can get that, you know, go for the sun. So, um, and it's it's an idea until you you actually put it into manifestation. And so, um, yeah. once you do that, and you and you get to see what you can do, whatever it is, whether it's it's drawing, acting, singing, uh, technical stuff, um, engineering. Whatever it is, as soon as you start to see it manifest, you you get that um that self determination to to continue and to move forward with it. Interesting, interesting. <laughs> now it was that uh oh, that was you. Hello. Yes. What are we doing? Yeah, was that a commercial? Commercial break. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it might have been me, pardon me. Okay. I'm on my smartphone. But um, I, you mentioned that you were also, you know, well, an at-home mom. How do you find mm-hmm. time to juggle the, uh, because somebody said that being a mother is one of the most challenging jobs that anyone on this planet can have, and I bear witness. For sure. To, uh, with my wife, you know, you know some of the, the the challenges that a newborn will give you, dealing with sleep and all kind of things when you're nursing and other yeah. things. So, do you do you is there a routine or a regimen that you kind of put forth uh, to juggle both the um, the time and the time needed to nurture the child and the time needed to create, market, promote, um, right. package and the products? Right, yeah. Well, first and foremost, the children come first. They are, they are at the forefront regardless of what's happened in my life. Um, and when it 
when the, when they're babies, like you know, Anina, the the youngest one, she's small. This one is easy. <laughs> they sleep pretty much all day. You can hold them while you're while you're doing what you got to do. This when they get to that toddler stage, which is where our, where our uh, eldest daughter is at right now. You know, since we're um, going the homeschooling route as as of yet. Um, so I'm the primary source when it comes to the educational side as well as continuing with the business and nurturing the baby. So it is challenging to to carve out the time to do everything that I feel needs to be done. But as long as they are clean, they are fed, they are dry, they are happy, then I can move on to other things. Um, I know that when it was just one of them, it was easy to, to do it during nap time and things of that nature or to um, force myself up. <laughs> force myself awake and get to the sewing machine. The great thing about it is, like, for me, creativity is never a problem. So I always have ideas flowing in my head. It's just a matter of, of saying, goodness, I need an, another me, but um, that's something that's happening anytime soon. Um, and uh, so that, that, that gets a little easier. And then the best way that I've been figuring now was with our nearly three-year-old is to get her involved. You know, and that's how I, I couple in teaching her things as well as getting done what I have to do. So if I have to pick out fabric store, um, I you know call out the colors, ask her what color it is. You know, tell her to go grab that red piece. Um, so um, how do you say involving the children into what you're doing as you're doing it? That's also getting in that homeschooling activity with them. Um, and I want to say on that note that it's incredibly important for mommies out there. We give, give, give so much of ourselves. And for a lot of us, we're not satisfied until everyone else is satisfied. But um, it's important that we take time to rejuvenate ourselves, you know, whether it be through complete total silence, (laughs) you know, meditation, if it's going out getting some exercise, if it's for me, you know, getting my fingers moving, whether it's crochet or knit or sewing, um, it's important that we have that time to to balance ourselves because the most important thing is, you know, if mommy isn't happy, the house isn't happy. So um, if there's anyone out there who's struggling or possibly even feeling guilty that they want to do for them, you shouldn't um, because you, you have to be at a balance. You have to be at a peace within yourself in order to give to everyone else. Because um, that you know that's what family is. It's a give and take situation. As well, I put it out there that my husband is incredibly helpful when it comes to allowing me to have my space. You know, he's he's one of those those go getters. So he'll be like, look, I'll take them, and he forces me to to go out or to lay down or to just sit still. Um, and so for the for the brothers and for the men out there, you know, it's it's. It's definitely a uh, a balanced relationship that's necessary as well when raising a child. No one can raise a child on their own. No one can raise children on their own. Um, and so I, I believe I answered your question. I probably went off a little bit. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Do, do you have um, any articles on your blog? Where you may speak in, where you may be speaking to the brothers directly, or do you have any books or blogs that you may recommend that some of the new fathers and also brothers who've been fathers, or even brothers who are expecting, can go? Because what I've noticed is there is a one a baby boom taking place. Um, you can mm-hmm. see that on Facebook or whatever city 
oh, yeah. you know, that you may be in. I've, I've seen it actively in um, New York. I've seen it in Miami. And um, I'm also seeing it online. Mm-hmm. So when I go online, I've, re- I've noticed that there are a lot of blogs for mothers-to-be and mothers, you know, mothers that are. There are a lot of sisterhood clubs and things of that nature. But what I did not really come across when I went looking for it was blogs that are dedicated to the daddies, you know what I mean, yeah. um, with advice and even with some kind of support circles, you know what I mean, and things of that nature. So do you know of any that you may recommend? I don't know of any that's um, specifically tailored to fathers, only, you know, inserts here and there. However, you know, uh, KT and I were, uh, well, I'm in the process of writing a book, and I told him he needs to have half of that book because he's been through it all. <laughs> and um, and it's, it, it is highly important for, for men to have that because, um, you know, a lot of the times, uh, brothers and men of any color get pushed to the side when it comes to, um, you know, when you're when you're when your woman is pregnant, um, going to the doctor's office, or you know, however you choose to do it, um, yeah. and even in raising the child, the men just push to the side. And I know it's you know coming from my mouth, you know, as a woman, but you know, I will say that um, the men are needed. Because we didn't get pregnant on our own. Well, at least that's what I'm assuming. <laughs> Most of us did not get pregnant on Majority. our own. Right, exactly. Um, and so there's definitely a role and, and a place that the man the man has. And I, I know we haven't really gone too public as far as our birth story is concerned, but I wouldn't have been able to deliver much, any both of my children um, without... Um, KT's assistance and guidance, really. Um, however, we, we, but um, back to the fact of having a resource to that, we are working on something right now um, where it's going to have the daddy perspective, the man perspective. Um, and if I do come across anything online, I will definitely let you know. But as, as of yet, I don't know anything. Okay. Well, I look forward to, you know, the arrival of... Uh, that piece of literature, because oh, yeah. I'm sure that um, you'll get a very resounding response. I mean, because I mean, I haven't, I, you know, I haven't like sat in brotherhood circles and we talked about it, but I know the challenges <laughs> that I was, you know what I'm saying. So I couldn't just mm-hmm. imagine that there's brothers out there that have, we have questions. We, you know, we want, we need advice. We would love to. Um, get a perspective, you know, from other brothers as to, you know, did you go through that before? Did you ever fight face that challenge? You know, how do you feel about at-home births? You know, how do you feel about this? How do you feel that? You know, so because I did, I'm going to keep it real, like I did notice what you were saying about just um, not from a family-wise perspective, but rather, um, you know, other people who are involved in the birthing process and things like that. Like the father is really, he's really the third party, like for real. He's really like that extra wheel. It's like he's the flag. Exactly. He's that that tire in the trunk that you only pull out when it's time to fix something. 
but they don't really. Yeah. It's not. It's not really catered towards the um towards the father. I mean, and, exactly. and I'm not going to say that's cool, you know, because that's not really cool. Because, you know, I do come from a tradition of the Trinity being, you know, the ultimate. It's about the Trinity rather than you know one or two. You know, I'm 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 of the um I'm of the understanding that with just these Roman-inspired holidays of Father's Day and Mother's Day, it actually creates a divide or a division, you know what I'm saying, rather than what happened to Family Day or, you know, Mother and Father's Day right. for the child. Mm-hmm. So, it's, um, and, I, and I'll tell you, you have the greatest resource in your brother because he's been through it all. He's delivered children yeah. in the hospital. He's delivered children almost at home, but, you know, having to transfer to the hospital. And as of the last one, he delivered uh, our daughter. So at home with with just us alone. So um, an assisted wow. birth, as I call it. Um, so he is the, the, the ultimate resource, in my opinion, um, that you can begin to ask questions with because he's been through it all. He's been through the fact where he's, He's been the the third leg, the fifth the fifth wheel when it comes to childbirth and pregnancy, and then he's been he's he is now the certifier on on um our daughter's birth certificate or certificate of live birth. So um that's that's the resource you can definitely begin to tap into. But um even though I'm not don't get it twisted, there are some women out there who who desire to birth alone, and and that's all and that's up to them. However, mm-hmm. if, you know, if there are people out there who, like for me, I need my man there. Like I, I can't do it alone. Um, and that's 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 the way that I chose. Um, that's the way that I like to do it. But you know, if there are men out there who who feel like, oh goodness, I don't know what to do, or you know, you have to do your research as well. You know, the woman is mm-hmm. going through a lot of changes in her body, and you know, I, I highly suggest that women you, you go out there and you do your own research. You you research things like. What is birth? What is a contraction? You know, um, research that stuff and go back to the beginning. And uh, men need to do that as well. Do it separately and do it together. So when the time comes, um, you're not sitting there panicked or pretty much dumbfounded, you know, at the fact that these changes are happening. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. And I also have... Um, I'm sorry? No, I just want to, I want you to finish your thought, and then I was going to ask you another question. Okay. I was going to say that on my blog, um, uh, mycraftyveganlife.com, I wrote a a brief story um, about, you know, um, our birth, and it sort of gets into what I was researching. So if people, you know, have have some more questions or anything, they can go to that website and sort of read through the birth story. And I see different things that I began to uh, research to help in that path. Excellent, excellent, beautiful. Well, I wanted to know if you have any advice for uh, our mothers to be out there who may have been contemplating um, an at-home natural birth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, my so do you have any advice for them? Yes, uh, I do have advice because <laughs> um, with our, with my first pregnancy, I went to a midwife. I was I was 
definitely planning on doing a home birth. However, we ended up having a transfer to the hospital. And I, I looking back, I realized my main was, main mistake was putting all of my trust into one person, whether whether it was a midwife or or a doctor um, or OBGYN or any other type of professional professional birth practitioner. Um, so advice number one is don't put all your trust into someone to tell you the answers. You have to seek it out yourself. You have to seek the knowledge out yourself and, uh, and um, figure out what is going on with your body because once you do, you'll, you'll, you'll begin to realize that you don't have to be fearful or you don't have to doubt the process of, of growing a life inside of you. Um, so that's advice number one. Advice number two is involve the man. Tell him what's going on. You know, when it, when it was coming down to the second pregnancy, I was, every day, I was giving um, KT pieces of information. I'm like, read this. I will pull a book. Read that. Okay, you don't have to read the whole book. Just read chapters three through six, you know. Um, so seek the knowledge out yourself. And the third piece of advice that I would have to say is, be very cognizant and cautious about who you allow into your circle at that time um, because there could be a lot of negative energy out there and you don't want that to, to take away from, from your place of being. And so, you know, if you have in your head that this is what you're going to do, be very cautious about who you allow into your circle because people will, will throw how I call doubt crystals. And at that point and at any point, you really don't need that, um, that energy in your space. Um, so those would be my, my pieces of advice. Um, and to basically research, you know, under, understand um, what what all those technical terms are out there because it's, it's very easy to, to, to be afraid and to get scared, you know, of, you know, different, different factors. Um, that would be my advice. And, you know, prepare yourself. It's always about preparation. Get things like the emergency child care manuals that are out there. All this stuff is free, by the way. You don't have to pay for all this information. <laughs> you go online, you look up emergency child care manuals. Go back and, and research what it is to, to produce. Look up what an ovary is, what a sperm is, how, how gestation is, what is ovulation. Don't get stuck on due dates. You know, like that. those things aren't real. Like... <laughs> You don't know when your child is going to be born. You have a, an idea, an estimated time frame of, you know, two weeks to a month or, you know, whatever it is, but you don't have an exact date. So I guess that's another piece of advice. Don't get stuck on um, what a due date is. And always make sure, you know, know your rights in your individual states. In some states, it's illegal to give birth at home. Um, yeah. So research what, what your state laws are. Um and pretty much prepare your home. If you're thinking about a home birth, you know, prepare your home as far as feng shui, you know, the spiritual side of it, but also have um, any supplies that you may need. And you can find all this out online. Um, if you're in the state of Georgia, there's, um, it's called gamidwife.com that you can research. Um, and it tells you everything that you'll need to know to, to prepare for a home birth as well as afterward when it comes if you if you decide to do the birth certificates and the social security uh, numbers and from there you'll be able to probably um, have resources to other states um, where you'll be able to uh, find out some more information but definitely know your state laws and don't go into it blindly a lot of people think when you say 
oh, yeah, we're going to do birth at home, that you're you're just sort of willy-nilly going about it, and that's not the case. You have to do even more research because if something goes down, you know, prayerfully it will not. If, if you're on the line, there's no one else, you know. Otherwise, you go to the hospital and you and you sign forms releasing them of of uh, responsibility if something were to go wrong. <laughs> so, you know, it, with being with a home birth, you have to be even uh, planned out. You have to know even more than than what any other person would know. So, Indeed. yeah. <laughs> so, are you saying, due to your research? there should be more um, in-depth manuals or pieces of literature or even just video? Because I, I, was, I was taking the YouTube strolls myself, you know. I was mm-hmm. <laughs> I was enlightening myself with all kinds of things, dealing with birth and labor and all of these. So mm-hmm. I, I, I got a chance to look at And there was a lot of videos out there. Um, right. I was also familiarizing myself with the fact that Google, you know, when you, you have any question that you can Google it, um, mm-hmm. I realized that, you know, some things, you know, depending on, you know, who the person is, you have to uh, approach these answers that Google gives gives you, you know, with a grain of salt sometimes because just right. because you Google something and it pops up as that's what it is, that's not mm-hmm. always... You know what I mean? That's not always the correct answer. You know, you have to use discernment and things of that nature. And I would double-check and triple-check, you know, these quote-unquote answers that you'll find on Google as well. But would you say that there's a need for, like, a Bible, a home birth Bible, or, you know, something that we can all agree to that uh, the majority of the information is on point and updated? Well, I you know, I'm I'm not a doctor. I will not claim to be. So anyone out there, do your own research. Don't take my word for it. Um, <laughs> but I, I think what needs to – everyone's different. So I can't exactly say that there is one thing that everyone should look at. Everyone is different. Um, everyone gives birth differently. My two, my two pregnancies and births were worlds apart, um, and I'm one person. So um, – there are resources out there that allow a safe haven for parents to go into the birthing process without fear. Um, however, it's, it's really hard to, to do that, especially in this society when we've been trained and are geared to, to view it as something that is uh, fearful and we have to rely on someone or something outside of ourselves in order to allow this process to happen. Um, so I don't, I don't necessarily know, know if it should be like one thing, but um, we should definitely begin to come together, I would say, and sort of bring birth back and, um, you know, put it out there that it, it's a natural process. You know, you don't have to tell the body to get pregnant. You don't have to tell the body to, to say, grow an ear, grow, grow ten fingers, grow ten toes. Um, yeah. it, it happens naturally. And it's, it's something that we, we honestly, as a society, need to let it be. We need to allow it to rest and allow it to form. And, and you know, you can't tell the baby when to come out. That's, and that's, um, and I might be going off topic right now, but um, 
I must say, when we, we need to let that go. Stop stop trying to say to yourself, like, look, I'm ready for this baby to be out. Like, I'm done. If the baby isn't sad to you, the baby isn't done. So it doesn't matter if you're done. <laughs> There's actually, it's called, what is it called? Surfactant, babe? Surfactant. It's a hormone, surfactant. It's a hormone the, the child releases, um, the infant releases, letting the mommy know. It says, hey, I'm ready to come out. So if you're trying to to begin the process of labor, you're 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 putting yourself and the child at at a bit of a risk. Um, and I know I did that. I was through herbs, but I did that. I was taking herbs to to speed up the process of labor, and in, and in speeding up the process of labor, my body was not ready. And um, it, the pain came too quickly, it came too strong, and thus that led to transferring to the hospital. You know, and there was a couple other um, things, like uh, my baby was face up. Um, but, of course, that's, that's, that goes back to the research of it all. Um, uh-huh. And there, there is information out there. I, I would say to go more toward... Um, resources and information out there that, that deal with the mechanics of it all um, and, and, and basically tell you what your body is going through um, and to, like, cautionary measures, like if your child is breached or if your child is sunny side up or posterior, things that you can do to get your child in the optimal positioning for, for the time of birth. Because um, a yep. lot of the times when you, when you find that your child is in, in a bad position, it's because... Um, there's not enough ro- not enough wo- uh, room in the uterus or in the womb for the baby to move around. Um, so it, it would that's that's the main thing. Look for things that deal with the mechanics of labor, the mechanics of birth, the mechanics of gestation. Um, every woman is different, and every every story will be different. Everyone's body is different. Um, but there are. You've been doing this for centuries and for years, and nothing's going to stop it now. So, <laughs> you know, um, and, and of course, with the Internet and all this, these smartphones out here, it's so much easier for us to get out there and to, and to do our own research. So. Yep, your hands now. It is in your hands. So let's get into oh, okay. um. Let's get into Homeschooling. I want to touch on that. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I want to touch on that. For you, first and foremost, for you know being a homeschooler, I um, <laughs> have an interesting article on my Facebook page. It's um, I think I posted it. It might have been Wednesday or Tuesday. I'm not 100 percent sure, but what it said was it was a report. And it said that 100,000-plus, quote-unquote, black or African or African-American families are um, actively participating in homeschooling due to this study. And I was like, yeah, I was like, that's kind of interesting. That's a large... Um, you know, in terms of markets and things of that nature, numbers-wise, that is a very dominant market right there. There's a large number of um, of homeschoolers. A lot of a lot of these babies out here are actually, you know, successfully being um, 
you know, educated without the system, or so to say, or outside of the parameters that the system provides. Right. And um, I was like, that's kind of dope, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, it, it seems as if the, we're making strides. And um, I just want you to share with the family folks' perspectives, because I know that there are parents out there who have their children, whose children are enrolled in public, private, charter, things of that nature. And I'm sure mm-hmm. that we have some homeschooler parents, you know, on the phone as well, you know what I'm saying? And I know that we have the third party that is contemplating taking their children out of the quote-unquote system and doing it mm-hmm. either themselves or putting the child into a homeschooling system that they may never, they may not be the teachers, but it's basically, you know, catered to teach children outside of the box and things of that nature. Right. And after that, I want to also... Um, follow up with another question that I have about the um, about creating um, technological efficiency amongst our children at a very young age. So, right. Okay. Um, well, I'll start by saying that I myself went to um, uh, a private Baptist school from the age of four all the way through. Um, uh, graduation, 12th grade, of course, high school, and then on to Howard University, where I, I did everything. So I have, you know, the bachelor's. So I've been in the school system my entire life. <laughs> um, and I, when I met my husband, it was so funny hearing his journey and how he hasn't necessarily been in the boxed school system his entire life. So um, And so with that, it goes into saying that schooling does not happen just at school, at the physical location, you know, where most children go to. You know, there needs to be reinforcement that happens on the the parental side. And so, you know, you just don't send your child off to school and and think that it's a daycare and think that the school is going to do everything to educate your child. You know, you gave birth to your child. You need to educate your child in addition to whatever, whatever is happening. Um, and so it was so funny when I when I found out I was pregnant for the first time. I was I was already thinking of oh I gotta send my child to a good school because she has to be the best of the best of the best out there, you know. And quite honestly, it it, it doesn't matter where you send your child if you as as a parent as a guardian, if you're not taking the steps when they come home to reinforce and to guide them um, into learning practices that that will benefit them the most. Um, and in saying that, you know, there there are so many ways out there. You know, the best thing I like to say when I because when I talk about homeschooling with my family, some of them sort of cringe and they're like, "Oh no, don't do that! You're gonna mess the child up." And um, <laughs> I always give them the example of, you know, I have I know a doctor, I know an MD just graduated from Tennessee um, State. That is, um, she herself. She's a doctor, and she was homeschooled her entire life. So that's just to put it out there that school is school, wherever you are. And and you, uh-huh. you can teach your children through your cultural practices. That's what's actually the easiest thing to do. I just went to a curriculum workshop um, with the mother of the, of the MD I was talking about 
Uh, her name is uh, Afia um, Insom, and she um, she has what's called the Okoto curriculum out there. Her and her husband at the time, um, they have this curriculum that they began, um, and it's a culturally-based um, learning practices that, that they did for our children out there. Um, and so... Basically, with that workshop, she taught us how to teach our children through our environment and through our culture and to always bring things back to family um, when we're giving them lessons and instructions. And it it really just opened my eyes to there being so many avenues out there on which I can introduce math and science and and, and, uh, phonetics, English, all that stuff to my daughter. And and you you don't have to sit down in a classroom to to learn the basics. You know, the world is your classroom. And so, um, and I'm, I I forgot your question already, but <laughs> what was the main question again? No, I just was um, asking the, uh, well, let's say the pro and cons of homeschooling. Okay. Let's just take, go there. Oh, pros and cons of homeschooling. Um, because yeah, I mean, I would just share the first con that I've that I've heard before, and I think that you did touch on that. But they say, you know, well, what about the interaction of other children? That's that that's like the foundation of going mm-hmm. to school is you actually learn these um these uh lessons on you know communication with your peers, things of that nature. Well, and it's here, here's the thing. Yeah. The thing is, social skills begin at home. How you communicate to your child, that's social skills. You know, yeah. like, you just can't expect to talk to your child any old way and then and then expect them to go out there and know how to talk to other children. You need to talk to your child as, as you want them to treat other people. So that's social that's skills 101 that's out there. Um, my daughter, she has been here at the house, and, you know, you know, it's just um, her and I mainly at home, you know, in the beginning. Um, and she was just fine. She does. My daughter does not meet a stranger when she, when she leaves our house. Um, wow. And it, it, it's her, you know. It was just her in the house. It was just me. And so, me and me talking to her. I don't. I don't talk to her like a, like a baby. I don't say, "Oh, do you need to go boo boo bye bye?" Like what? What is that? No. Talk to your child like you want them to speak to other people. That's social uh-huh. skills. You you treat your child and you, you tell your child what you expect them to do. You tell your child how you're feeling one day because trust and believe there are days where I don't want to be bothered. Any parent out there, you have moods. You know, you, you're a person. You can't always have a happy face around, and it's important that your child knows that. It's important that they know, like, okay, mommy's feeling a little uh, um, impatient today, so I need you to work with me today. You, you tell your child that, and you, and you give them boundaries in the home because whatever you do at home first is exactly what they're going to do when they walk out that door. So um, that's social skills. And uh, so let's dispel that con of socializing. And, you know, there are so many things that you can do when it comes to other social skills. Take your child to the library. There are so many um, open groups and, and reading circles that your child can participate in. Take your child to the park and allow them to play with other children. And if something were to arise, that's when you interject. But children are children. They have their language. They know how to communicate with one another. You don't have to tell the child how to communicate. 
with another child. They'll look at each other and be like, okay, you cool? Okay, you're not cool. So they, they can they can do that on their own. So that con is out the door. Um, <laughs> when it comes to the pros, it, 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 it truly um, allows me to be a better parent. It allows me to be a better disciplinarian because I, I told we had, my husband and I had this, this discussion almost, a, almost over a year ago where I was like, you know what, I don't want to spank her. Now, I was spanked. I had no problem with spanking. That's, that's what you do. I'm, I'm not a crazy person because my, my parents spanked me. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, I said to him, I was like, look, I don't know if it's healthy for me to spank her because not only am I her mommy, I'm her teacher. <laughs> you know, I'm her math teacher, her science teacher, her English teacher, and I don't want her, you know, afraid or, or um, uh, I'm I forget the word right now. Exactly, timid and intimidated to to give me a wrong answer. Because what happens? You spank your child, you discipline your child in that manner when they're wrong. And so if I'm asking her a question, what's two plus two, and she and she hesitates and she's not sure, I don't want her to be afraid and say, oh well, if I give her the wrong answer, mommy will spank me. So it's yeah. it's caused me to be a a, a better disciplinarian to her where I actually come down to her level, eye level, and I say, look, this is what you did wrong, this is unacceptable, and this is the consequence. And so, um, and that's why I decided, you know, I'm not going to put my hands on her. Um, we, well, we both decided that with all of our children now. And it's also, um, that, that, that's one factor. So that's a pro. It, it's made me a better communicator, a better disciplinarian with my daughter. Another pro is, I'm able to really enforce positive images for her. Um, you know, the, the media, social media, uh, television, advertisements, stores, they're saturated with all of these images, these cartoon characters, the, you know, the child pop stars, everything that's, you know, pop culture. It's saturated with, with everything dealing with that. And I have no problem with, with those cartoons. I think they're adorable and cute. I watched them when I was growing up. However, I think it's highly important for her to realize and recognize where her roots are. Like, you're not a mermaid. It's okay to like a mermaid, but you're not a mermaid. And so I can really enforce her that, that, look, you come from a person of brown skin color. What does brown skin color mean? That's when we get into melanin. That's when we go into chlorophyll. You know, we go into things like that. And I can give her those positive images and let her know that what – you know, everything about you is beautiful. You know, you don't have to aspire to be like. You don't have to want to look like, you know, anything that's out there. You know, you are who you are. You have your own personal beauty. You have your own personal talents. And as a mother, as your guardian, um, it's, it's up to me to make sure that you know this and that you're able to portray it to the world without being full of yourself, you know. Um, and, of course, that's that's, Lessons become lessons in, in one paragraph, but <laughs> um, that's, that's, that's definitely a pro. You know, teaching and being able to have that access to teach her through, through the culture, um, having that access to teach her through who she is, where she comes from, and to always bring it back to family. Because if you send your child, my grandmother would always say this, if you send your child out into the world before the age of three and they don't know who they are, 
it's going to be a hard time getting them back because they're going to want to be like John, Jake, and Lucy. They don't want to be who they are. They want to, they want to be what they see. And so um, that's, that's, I think that's the greatest pro that's out there, and, and it gives me that time to, to spend with her and for her to always know um, that Mommy and Daddy, you know, we're here. We have your back, and, and whatever you're going through, you can come to us, you can talk to us, you know, and, and tell us what it is, and we'll help you through it. So I think that's the ultimate uh, greatest thing that's happened. It's made me a communicator because, you know, I, I I was one who did not communicate <laughs> before, but now I have to talk to her and I have to speak to her, you know. Hey, I want to double back on mm-hmm. what you touched on. I want to double mm-hmm. back on it from a perspective so we can help cover, you know, I want to be able to um, hopefully assist some of our parents out there that may have some dilemmas in terms mm-hmm. of, you know, their children and the identity that some of their children may have um, adopted or gravitated towards to or may have. So what would you say, these are two scenarios, there may be a young boy out there who was introduced, you know, via his peers or through the media to the hip-hop culture. So, you know, he may he or she may not know who they are. They may have not been told or 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 schooled or educated as to who they are by their parents. And mm-hmm. they grab towards, they gravitated towards the image the hip hop portrays and the dominating image for you know, young men. I don't care if it's from a two year old up into somebody who may be a hundred years old, the dominating image in these days and times is, you know, one who promotes, you know, misogyny and, you know, ratchetness, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. due to the, uh, and I'm only saying that because of the uh, popular artist, a child who listens to uh, the um, mainstream radio, and, and it doesn't matter mm-hmm. if it's in Atlanta or California, Boston, New York, Baltimore, there's a playlist that's familiar, this this um you know, um, concurrent in all of these states. And the main artist that you will find is like um, 2 Chains, uh, Rick Ross, Wheezy. So, you know, your two-year-old, your three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, whatever, they're being exposed to a, a, a specific um, cachet of artists. Nicki Minaj, mm-hmm. you know, so your two-year-old is saying Minaj. And she may even want to know what a Minaj is or whatever, but she's familiar with Minaj oh because there's a Minaj <laughs> and everybody says her name without, you know, they say it freely. Like, in, and uh-huh. she's in Pepsi commercials. She's in places where it just makes a Minaj sound something. It makes people want to have a Minaj, actually. Because, yeah. you know, if I was a Minaj, I would be successful. Yeah. Like, this woman is, yeah, she's everywhere. She's all over the place, mm-hmm. right? To be something yeah, she's on bubble guppies. It's hilarious. <laughs> exactly, you know. So they're being exposed to a lifestyle, or they're being exposed. You know, in children these days, we don't have to play like you know naive or anything. They're extremely receptive. They are extremely intuitive. They actually can hear something and hear all of the subtleties. 
that you don't you may not hear. You feel me? Like they don't just listen yeah. to a song and pick up the lyrics. They pick up the attitude. They pick up the conversation. They make the lyrics. They pick up the studio session. They'll pick. They picking everything up. That's why parents are Definitely. like, "Damn, how did you know that?" I'm like, they're Definitely. downloading it. Oh, they're hardwired. These children are getting, you know, they're, they're picking up stuff that you may not have picked up in your era, but this this is because this is a different era. This, we're in a quickening. We're in a, we're in, um, you know, we're, we're, we're changing dimensions, rather. You know, cyberspace is out there, and they're plugged in. So I've seen it. I've seen it on the train. I've seen, you know, children who are, um, very impressionable, who have been influenced by the music mm-hmm. that their mother and father listen to because, you know, we also are of the generation where grandma, daddy, you know, the grandfather, grandmother, the parents, and the child listen mm-hmm. to the same music. Exactly. Right, right, right. You know, we had the Jackson um, 5. Mm-hmm. You know, some people had, uh, the, the, the elders may have had the blues singers, and then their parents and, and their children had the R and B singers and the Marvin Gaye's and stuff. But we just right. all have, you know, Little Wayne. You know what I mean? Everybody just yeah. has Rick Ross. Like, you know, there's no differentiation. So some of the children are beginning to pick up on, you know, like I said, the subtleties, the unseen. They're picking up on mm-hmm. the aura, the algorithm that these artists are portraying. Um, mm-hmm. So you may have children who think that twerking is cool. Um, yeah. You may have young boys that think that you know um, talking to their uh, female counterparts any kind of way, you know what I mean, is kind of cool. Right. You may have children thinking that speaking um, in a broken English or rather in a um, in a manner that denotes you know illiteracy or trouble even thinking or speaking. You know, they may think that that's cool because that's what's being promoted. Um, mm-hmm. I don't want to sound extremely pessimistic about the culture, but I'm just being, I'm trying to be as honest and um, forthright as possible, you know. But um, what do we say to the parents who want to interject culture and may want to interject um, an alternative modality of thinking and behaving? towards these children who may have picked up. And, and, and like, I didn't even mention that the peer pressure, going to school or riding, you know, riding the bus with their classmates and things of that nature or, you know, being in a girl group and some of the girls may, you know, be pressuring the, the daughter to, you know, think a certain way or to dress a certain way or to behave a certain way. You know, I'm, I'm noticing that. I'm seeing that. I just have to, just, just being in the public, I can pick it up. You know, I, I see how yeah. these are uh, the babies, you know what I'm saying? These are innocent young babies that are very impressionable. And um, I see that they're being influenced in, in ways that I'm sure that their parents wouldn't approve. Yeah. So what what would your solution be? Well, you know, I... Um... Bear with me, y'all, and formulate, and I'm going to take my time to formulate my sentences and my words because what you're asking me is, is not a one one answer. It's, it's, not of course. It's, it's hard for it to come from one person. Um, and excuse me if I get a little blunt, but however, I'm a Leo, so that's how we do sometimes. Um, 
goodness gracious, where do I begin with that? Okay. <laughs> it's all about parenting. And, you know, I'm coming from parenting a toddler. My my oldest child is almost three. However, yeah. I've grown up raising children since the age of 12 with, with my cousins. I come from a large family. Um, I, I started teaching dance at the age of 12. So it's a... It's, it's not foreign to me to deal with, with those who are younger than me, and I've always been seen, even though I'm the youngest, with, with you know, my sibling, or uh, my sibling, my one sister, I'm the youngest. However, I've always been viewed and, and put in that, that older bracket, and I always hang out with people older than me. So the main thing is when it comes down to it is you need to realize as a parent you have to step out of your way to be a parent. You cannot do what your child is doing. That's why they're the child and you're the parent. Um, and, you know, when it comes to, to, to the music, oh, goodness. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's music these days. However, um, when I say teaching through cultural practices, I don't mean teaching through what you see in your face today, cultural practices. I'm talking about I'm talking about taking it back to the djembe, the drum, taking it back to what's called the dunumba, the sangba, taking it back to African cultural instruments. There's something called the balafon. Uh, that's what, what they, they have up at the xylophone that these children play with the metal, with the colored metal blocks. That, that comes uh-huh. from the balafon. You have maracas. Those were called shakeres, um, which was made out of um, the husk. Of, of of like big corn squashes, corn squash um, things with bees around it. So uh-huh. taking it back to the cultural roots um, and understanding what a beat is. Like, you know, what I'm, like a beat isn't, isn't made on the computer. In old school, you take your fist to the ground and you make a beat. So you need to take them yep. back to what it is. And, um, you know, it was so much easier, of course, back in the day when, when we had these songs from Marvin Gaye and Gladys Knight, like when they had the lyrics out there where they, they were talking about you-know-what, <laughs> but they weren't directly mm-hmm. saying it. And that and that's that's the other thing. This, this society is so focused on lust. It's so focused on, on let, me, let me get that right quick. But that's not what love is, and that's what parenting is. Parenting is love. And that's what you have to take it back to. You, you, you have to go out of your way and make sure that your child is getting, and I'm talking even six-year-olds and eight-year-olds, you can reverse this. They're, they're still young. Children are incredibly resilient. You have to mm-hmm. teach them and communicate to them through love. And when they know what love is, they won't go out there falsely searching for what everyone else has, and that's what the positive image is. Yes, there are peer groups out there, and, and – um, they're gonna they're gonna be part of the in crowd, but that's that's the part of doing it through cultural learning practices. You teach them who they are before they get out there, and if they are out there already, then you bring it back. So that means you go out of your way as a parent and you research. Okay, what is where does this come from? Um, you teach them about libations. You know, I'm, please don't get it twisted. I'm not some big pro-black person who's like Africa is everything. No, but I'm I'm trying to trying to basically tell you all that everything that we do now it comes from something else. And so we yeah. need to see look at what we're doing now 
and, and research and figure, figure out why am I doing that? Where does it come from? You know what I'm saying? Like, what, why am I wearing these baggy pants? Or, you know, of course, that's, like, the main thing. Baggy pants is saying baggy pants. They're called chuck toe Like, <laughs> that's, that's – and I'm not talking slavery here, people. We are more than slavery. I'm talking about taking it they, back they, to who were in the bush. Okay? They're wearing skinny pants baggy, now. Yeah, they are wearing skinny <laughs> pants now. And that – oh, my goodness. That's a whole different thing. Oh, Lord. Yeah. yeah. A whole nother conversation. <laughs> that's, that's a whole nother conversation. Ooh, we need another show for that one. It's like the men's clothes are getting tighter and the women's clothes are getting looser. I don't understand that. However, um, <laughs> you know, taking it back and teaching them where everything comes from. Um, and, I, and I do understand the peer pressure and wanting to be like and wanting to look like. However, it's... You know, like I said, my grandmother would always say, when you send your child outside of the home already knowing who they are, where they come from, and that family is the center of your life, then they won't go out there seeking questions. They won't go out there looking. And they'll come back to you and say, like, hey, mom, mom, dad, uh, uncle, brother, you know, this, that, and the third, and you'll be able to tell them with, with with an open mind what's going on. You know, I I haven't gone and gotten into that fact. Our eldest is, is in school now. Uh, he's seven. Um, you know, he's dealing with his, his seven-year-old issues, you know. <laughs> but you, And this is the other thing. You have to allow children to be children. You know, you can't send them out there already expecting them to know what to do and know how to interact. You have, you have to send them out there and, and, and uh, with the openness, the openness and the willingness for them to come back and ask you questions, you know, which yeah. gets in back into disip- disciplining differently. You know, they have to be to uh, they have to be prepared to come back to mommy and daddy and, and and confident enough to ask questions that they don't know the answer to. So, and that's the thing with parenting. Everything just like learning, everything is interdisciplinary. Everything is connected to the other thing. So. You know, you'll constantly hear me talk how I'm saying now. You know, you have to go back to what it is. You know, um, teach teach your children through through our symbols and our sigils, you know. Teach them that everything just doesn't come from Kemet or Egypt. There's more of Africa that's out there, you know. You know, everything comes from Africa, and, and it's a huge continent. Show them the entire continent and then tell them this is where that comes from. And that story is based in this story. So you you have to to really reach out, get out of your of your comfort zone as a parent, um, and and have extra things to tell them. So when they come to you with a problem or a scenario or a situation, you're able to answer it to the best of your ability, and not just say, "Oh, because my mama said so." No, it's more than that. What's the basis? What's the foundation? You have to create that, or or in other words, you have to get it back. As a parent, so. um, real briefly, I just want to let the uh, listeners um, just let everybody know that the call-in number is three four seven six three seven two one three five. That is three four seven six three seven two one three five. This is another um, two-hour broadcast. We will end our live stream. At 11, but we will continue on after the live stream through the phone. So if anybody wants to join us, feel free to join us. 
Now, I wanted to ask another question before we get into the callers, because we do have some uh, friendly hands up to call to you. To me? Oh, but, um, my. I, yes, we do. <laughs> I was speaking earlier about the um, some research that I was doing about New York City being um, the new tech sector, recognized as one of, not one of, but the uh, fastest-growing tech sector in America, the uh, the uh, most well-known tech sector being, of course, Silicon Valley. And um, in my research, I also came across two books that are being written catering to um, the children dealing with the uh, teaching them how to write code, okay? And for those who may code? be unfamiliar with writing code, writing code is oh, code, the code. language that, yeah, the, uh, the different languages of um, computer programming, um, mm-hmm. you know, what makes websites, apps, uh, all, all things, you know, computer-wise, the uh, code is actually the language, and it's almost it's a foreign language. These are different languages right. dealing with you know numbers and letters and things of that nature. But right. at the same time, I was running across a lot of information dealing with um, these whiskers. You know, they call them whiskers. We call them indigo. Mm-hmm. You know, there are many different titles. Yeah, yeah. But getting mm-hmm. to appear that they are grasping these concepts in a in a very much in an easier manner or rather in a more, um, you know, faster pace than we would if we, you know, when we were five and six-year-olds, you know, playing with Atari. Mm-hmm. And stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like there are nine and ten-year-old children who have created apps, which only goes yeah. to show me that, you know, if you teach some, a child something at an early age, you may think it's difficult. But A is simple. It's easy as learning their alphabet or multiplication. You know, you never tell them that it is difficult. You just teach them. So I wanted right. to know from you, okay, and especially being a homeschooler, what is your take on, you know, advanced uh, topics or, or subjects such as, you know, computer programming, web designing, um, code writing, and other forms or other disciplines or schools of thought to begin to teach the children um, at an early age to incorporate that into their curriculum. Okay, okay how to how to incorporate it? Yeah, definitely. My my three year old can operate my tablet better than I can, and that's just so amazing. She's she can navigate yeah. through these websites and these learning programs that I have her enrolled in already um, with right. ease, and I'm just like. Give me, give me one second. I just want to inform the audience. Uh, I don't know what the duration of time you set the show for, right? One twenty. Okay. Then the family needs to call in in the next four minutes because it will be switching over. So please, at the time, three four seven six three seven twenty one three five. That's three four seven six three seven two one three five. Please call in so you can continue with us past 11 p.m. mark, okay, family? All right, call in. Please continue. Um, yeah, I was saying, you know, she can operate through these websites um, and through these tablets and other touch phone, touch screen things with ease. 
Um, and it it is important to to begin to get them involved with these higher learning programs, but it it, it also stems from higher thinking skills. Um, and so the the best way that I've been able to get her involved is to to with the with the tablets that we have, you know, the touchscreen tablets, and showing her how to do it, how to operate a computer how to operate a tablet, you know, even going back to teaching her how to tell time between digital and analog times. Um, but it's it's even more important that we don't let them become oversaturated in that world. So, you know, just to give a brief example, if I'm, if I'm teaching about butterflies, and this is very basic for people out there, this is very basic so everyone can, you know, um, teaching about butterflies, um, you know, I have the physical aspect. You know, we, we get on the floor, we wrap up in a piece of fabric, and they get out the fabric, they're a butterfly. So then we go online. We look up butterflies. We look up cocoons. And, you know, I teach her how to navigate through the computer so she understands that part of it. And so just so she gets the, the entire, the whole aspect of it coming into play. Um, and and like you said, they, they pick it up so much faster than we ever could because already when we're gestating our children, you know, we're already giving that information to them because we're doing it ourselves. And so, um, you know, there was a time where I felt like I couldn't keep up with her. I was like, gosh, she's learning so fast. How do, how do I keep it moving, you know? But, but the fact is that you have to, to move with your child. They're moving so quickly because they get it. But you also have to understand, it's such a fine line, because you also have to understand, you know, they are sponges, but just like any sponge, they become oversaturated. And what happens when you have an oversaturated sponge? The water just runs out. It doesn't stay in it, you know? And so you have to sort of find that balance um, in teaching them the, these computer skills. Um, and that's why you don't want to give it to them too much, but you, you do want to incorporate it. Um, into their their daily lessons. Um, I know a lot of homeschoolers tend, well, this is my personal uh, thing, a lot of homeschoolers tend to stray away from media and um, television and computers. However, it could be a definite, uh, it could be a helpful learning tool um, um, with our children. Um, but, you know, you have to let them know that there are other things out there. You know, it's just everything isn't on the computer. <laughs> that's not where it started. So that's how this, you just you take them back to basics. Everything goes back to basics. And that's the easiest way to teach, to, in, in my opinion, of course. There's also this book, um, while, while it's on my head, it's called Childhood and the Cosmos. It's an old book. It was like published in, in 1973. I have barely cracked it open yet. But it goes through um, sociology in different uh, cultural cultural um, aspects with our children, you know, from it mainly focuses on 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 our uh, Black African African American children and how we how we learn pretty much. And um, it's it's a white man, it's like a French man, Pierre Ernie. That's that's the that's the type, the author Pierre Ernie, and the title is Childhood and the Cosmos. He's basically gone over to Africa and figured out the best ways to teach children. <laughs> and um, he, he highlights it in the book. He goes through it in the book. And it's, um, like I said, I've barely opened it, but it's definitely a worthwhile read um, just to give um, us an understanding of how other people view our culture and how we teach our children. So, yeah. <laughs> no, 
thank you for that answer. I'm sure that, um, you know, it, it was very uh, helpful towards the family that may have questions about that, especially since, especially touching on the aspect of not oversaturating, you know, uh, the children's, um, the children with, with the uh, Internet and computers, the technology, you know what I mean, and letting them know that, no, you know, we come from the era where we played outside and we have physical activities yeah. in school. And, you know, there are ways to learn, not on the computer alone. You can learn, you know, by playing games and, and doing other kind of things. So, yeah, back to balance, back to that, my, you know what I mean, I totally agree. Yeah. Um, before we get into callers, okay, I wanted to touch on something briefly. I was told by AT the Arch Degree, who is the master decoder of uh, many things Hollywood, that um, you as well, I guess the thing um, rubs off in the family, in the bloodline, but he was saying that you have an interesting take on the uh, very popular TV show called Handle. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Yeah. And one thing that I did want to say that I find interesting is that the woman, the sister who got uh, her life taken from her yesterday in the Washington, D.C. area, coincidentally on the day of the premiere of Scandal, I'm uh-huh. not saying that she bears a resemblance to Kerry Washington, but she bears a resemblance to Kerry Washington. You know what I mean? When I'm looking at her picture just her aura and things of that nature, there's a similarity. But I'm not really familiar with the show. Um, I would love to, I would have to, I would love to have you um, expound on it and give me some insight so when I do decide to watch it and, you know, uh, do the knowledge on it, I will have, I will be able to have those glasses on. But can you touch on mm-hmm. that briefly? Well, um, I, I will say that I I did not know about Scandal until last season, the second season. Um, and so a lot of my girlfriends, or all of my girlfriends, when they found out that I didn't know what Scandal was, they were like, what, are you crazy? And I was like, honey, I don't watch shows like that. Like, I, I just don't watch TV like that. Um, and so I started watching it, and, I, and this was the time that I picked up the ISIS papers for the second time uh, by Francis Quest Welsing. And I, as I was, I was reading the book, and I was like, okay, well, let me watch an episode of Scandal and see what this is all about. And I immediately was like, are you serious? <laughs> um, so I, for those who don't know what Scandal is, it's pretty much um, uh, Carrie Washington. She plays this character called Olivia Pope, and she's basically the fixer on, on Congress. Or, you know, on, on the White House steps. She fixes everything, whatever um, scandals that are happening he fixes them, whether it be sex scandals, murder scandals, headline breaking news scandals. She fixes them, and she makes things look better to the public. Um, but during all of this, she is the mistress to the president, and there's a whole bunch of, of course, other dramatic things going on in the in the show. That's just a basic overview. Um, however, when I look at scandal, the scandal is that 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 we as black women, of course, I'm a black woman, so I'm coming to you from the perspective of a black woman, um, we're being brainwashed into wanting that lifestyle. Like we see Olivia and we're sitting there like, oh, girl, no, he didn't. Oh, girl, no, she didn't. We're getting so involved and wrapped into it that we don't actually see what's going on. 
the simple fact is, well, on one factor of it, you know, she's involved with the president with their physical relationship. And, you know, in season two, it was clear to me, it was evident to me that he only wanted, he only lusted for her when he was mad, when he was drunk, you know, or when he was feeling uh, inferior. That's when he wanted her. And it's just like, seriously, that's the love that we seek. And um, we we seek that love and anger and, and just negativity, negative emotions. And it was so funny because season two ended with pretty much <laughs> revealing that her father was sort of selling her out. Like, I, I didn't catch the season three opener, so I, I don't know what happened in season three. But um, pretty much her father, who is the black man, was pretty much behind um, um, the, I guess, this little secretive group, the secretive agency killing people off that were releasing too much information, and she was a target. Uh, she was a target, one of those targets to be killed. And um, we found out on the last episode of season two that he was the man calling those shots. And so now we're left with, in, in season two, we're left with the fact that, damn, I can't even get any love from my father. He's trying to kill me. You know, and so it's always to me it's just been a progression of the death of a black woman, and we're sitting here loving this show, and we're so caught up in the in the dramatic uh, uh, um, drama of it all, and it's like, what's what's behind the lines here, people? She has to be a whore, she has to be a liar, she has to be a cheat to even to fix things, and it's like, who needs fixing? What needs fixing is her, and so um, I I'm still decoding myself and I still have to refresh it refresh my decoding but um it's 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 a pure brainwashing is what it is and we and the funny thing is all women want to be Olivia Pope and and then you look at her name Olivia Pope Olive Pope the olive branch where was the olive branch let's go back to the biblical times olive branch was was when they found land they found that new piece of land the dove came with the olive branch it's a sign of peace you know um, and then you have Pope. Of course, we know this whole Catholicism, Pope. So we're sitting here like, okay, she's peace and she's justice. And, and of course, all this has to be done through the black woman, of course. And so um, mm-hmm. it just, it's a, it's a, just a big ball of fire that I need to, to really sit down. But just to give people an idea of what's happening and, and don't just watch it for, for what's at the surface. Like, really look into it, you know. Look into the planet. yeah. 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 Jeez, jeez. Jeez. All right. So are you ready for these callers? Can we go to the line? <laughs> this is going to be fun. <laughs> yeah. Definitely will be. And I definitely want to say thank you and Ashe for all of the information that you shared with the family tonight. Oh, um, I hope it was I helpful. Lo- I know it was a lot. No, no, I'm sure it was. I'm definitely sure I was. Do me a favor, though, before we even get into the callers, leave the information about the blog, the uh, natural products, the diapers, pads, and also anything else that you have to, uh, that you want to promote and that you have um, as a product or service for the family. Okay. Um, Yeah, my website is Sadie's Babies, that's S-A-D as in dog, I E S hyphen 
babies.com. Uh, on there you'll be able to find all the, the handmade products that I offer. Everything on there is handmade by myself, from the diapers to the dolls to the training pants to the to the menstrual pads for women. Um, I'm also on Facebook under Sadie's Babies, so you can look me up. Uh, give me a like. I'm at 400 likes. I'm very proud of my 400 little small likes, so give me some more. Um, and then the blog where you pretty much can find you know, where I sort of highlight what I go through on a daily basis, um, mycraftyveganlife.com. Um, and there's also a Facebook page for that um, under My Crafty Vegan Life. Um, and I'm also on Pinterest, so I know a lot of women, we love Pinterest. So I'm on Pinterest as well, um, and you can look me up there. Um, of course, my husband has 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 his entrepreneurial efforts under So Ionic. And you can find SoIonic.com where he offers the cell salts and the, the herbal remedies, um, the vegan um, protein powder. So I'm so excited about that. I've been, I've been, oh my God, it's so good. And he also has the vegan baby, baby formula, um, SoIonic.com. Um, and I guess I just want to give a shout out <laughs> to my girlfriend. She's another entrepreneur, um, Natural Life Essentials, where she offers her hand uh, whipped shea butters, and her all-natural oils for, for um, bath, body, and for baby. Um, you know, there's so many of us out there who are entrepreneurs. It's, it's, it's crazy. There's um, a saw body conditioning. If you're in uh, New York, Philly, and mainly D.C., Maryland, asabodyconditioning.com. Um, that's a great way for uh, us to get healthy and, and fit and to remain these beautiful people that we are. Um and I, I think that's that's it. <laughs> Definitely want to say, no doubt. Thank you. I look forward to doing business with you in the near future, and also, um, you know, okay. yeah, another show with some more uh, mothers and homeschoolers and things of that nature. Because I do feel like your voices need to be heard more so often. You know what I mean? Because you know, family, like you, like you were reiterating, family is the foundation. You know, um, a lot of this information that we share and that we receive is wonderful, it's beautiful, it's, you know, so feel-good and awesome. But, you know, when we all get... Uh-oh, I'm at a loss here. Hello? Hello. Hello. Come on in. Come on in. Come on in. I think I lost her. Hello? 